eye infection. That's why I have my glasses on because they told me I couldn't wear my contacts. And it makes it harder to, to see things than what I'm used to. Um, but if that song doesn't paint a vision of who we are, then I don't know what does because God can make the blind see. And even if I didn't have vision, I could still see God. And that's a blessing because I'm not who I used to be and I don't have to, I don't have to serve sin anymore. Because Jesus Christ de- de- came and he died for me in a way that I could be a different person. That I could not be my old self that ran around to parties drinking and having a good time. That I could be a true servant and now a child of the king, an inheritor of part of the kingdom. That he's allowed that in my life and that he doesn't call me unworthy, but he calls me to righteousness. Amen? I'm with Natalie. It's a, it's a stand up and sing and a, a stand up and raise your hands and, and give God praise for who he is and what he's done in your life. Amen? I was lacking excitement this morning and, and that song brought it. And he says that if you'll continually seek me that you'll find me. And I've been looking all morning for, for that excitement and for that go and that get up. And he brought it. Because he's a God that answers prayers and he's a a God that makes promises that he keeps. That's the God I serve. And I needed that song this morning and I needed my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. And whenever we need something and we go wholeheartedly to God, and when we're seeking out his kingdom and we're seeking out his face, he says, you'll find me. And I thank him for that promise. How many people woke up mundane and was looking for an excuse not to come today? Some of those people didn't make it today. Some some of those people aren't seeking the right things. And I'm not saying that those people are bad people. I'm just saying that sometimes when it gets a little tough, you've got to really knuckle down and you've got to keep diving in and you've got to keep looking. And, and when you keep looking, you'll keep finding because that's a promise that he gives us. And I think it's a great thing. That's just bonus material. It just hit on my heart this morning as I was struggling to find energy and I was struggling to find excitement. And yes, pastors have that struggle sometimes and, and preachers have that struggle sometime and, and all of God's children have that struggle sometime, right? It comes along with being a Christian because the world will will take good things and it will spin it and it will try to beat you down with it. But the main focus that we have is that we serve a great God and that he called us worthy. And he said, you are worth something to me because I created you. And not only did I create you, then I'm going to send my son to die on a cross for you that I might spend eternity with you because you're that important to me. That's how important you are 
to God. So if the world is telling you that you're unworthy today, you say, world, not today. I'm a child of the king. And if you haven't made that decision and you feel unworthy today, you can become something. You can become somebody. Because when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, you become a child of the king, an eternal heir to a kingdom. Amen? That makes you somebody, and that makes you something, and that makes you worthy to pursue righteousness and to do good. So if you're alone this morning and you feel cast out and you feel beaten down by the world and you heard of Jesus Christ, but you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I implore you that today is the day of your salvation. Don't put it off. Don't be unworthy. Be somebody. Be worth calling. God created you for a purpose. Step out. Find His purpose in your life. Become a child of the King and accept an eternal salvation. Because we are worthy. God created us to be worthy. You have to choose to be worthy. And that's through Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're redeemed through Him. We're made worthy. We're made righteous. We're made whole because of what Jesus Christ did for us. We became new. A new creation that no longer has to serve sin, but now that we have Jesus Christ as a Savior, we have the power over sin, and we have power over death, because Jesus Christ died, and He was buried, and He lived again, and He's still living today, because I serve a living God. I read the living Word, and He has living waters that I can drink from. There's no death in Him, therefore there is no death inside of me because I serve him. Amen? That's exciting. There are things to get excited about, but you have to look for things to get excited about because this world's not going to serve them to you on a silver platter. They want to serve you other things, other things that will take you down, that will make you feel alone, that will make you feel like an outcast, that will make you feel unworthy. And Satan will single you out and tell you that you're the only one with that problem and that you don't need to tell anybody because it's shameful and you don't need anybody's help because you can do it by yourself but because I'm redeemed I don't have to do it by myself and I don't have to serve it any longer because I've got a God that loves me and I've got a spirit that lives inside of me and that helps me rise above the things of this world because my focus is not around me. My focus is up. I'm seeking the things above and not on this earth. That's what he tells us to do. So when we're seeking something, seek God with all your heart. And the things of this world will float around you. But they don't really matter because they're all temporal. The only thing that really matters is how many people can I take with me? How many people can I influence? We talked about influences this morning in Sunday school. And how you're going to be an influence. You're going to be an influence. I don't care if you want to be or don't want to be. You're going to be. Because things that you do and you say have an impact on this world. And before I get started into scripture, I'm going to back up and I'm going to pray. 
because the presence of God needs to be here with us. And I believe that he is here with us, but I want him to know that we're here seeking him today. So if you would please bow with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come to you today. God, I thank you for a words that I'm lacking. God, always and forever, your word's not mine. God, that I would be pushed aside, Lord, that you would take a hold of this service, Lord, that you would change lives, God, that you would change minds, Lord, that you would pull your children out of the depths and the darkness of this world, God, that you might step in and rescue us and, and let us see who we are meant to be, God, who you created us to be this morning. God, your presence is forever strong in our lives, God, and we're thankful that you know the things that we need when we need them, God, that we would step out in faith realizing that you are who you say you are, God, and the promises that you promised will always be true and you will always uphold them as long as we continue to talk to you, God, and we continue to seek you and your face and what you would have on our life. God, that's why we're here this morning. God, if anybody here is for any other reason than to seek your face, God, I pray that you would send the Spirit upon them, that you would change their mindset, God, that you would open their heart and their ears, that they would receive what you would have for them to receive today. God, I know that you brought every single person here this morning for a reason, God, and the power is here, God. We're seeking you in a unified body this morning, God. God, I thank you for the opportunity to serve. God, just an opportunity to do your work, to God, to, to be one part of the body. God, I'm thankful for the assignment that you've given me, God. God, I pray that everything that we would do here this morning would bring honor and glory to your name, God, that we wouldn't be looking at ourselves to rise above, God, that we would be lifting your name up. God, we, want, we don't want to be seen. We just want to be a reflection of your light, God, that we can show other people you and not us. God, we're not worthy without you. But God, we're thankful this morning for the fact that we are redeemed as children of God. So I come to you thankful this morning, God, that you continue to pour into my life, God, that you continue to pour into my family, God, and this church and this community. God, that we would be a people seeking your face always. God, I love you and I thank you for all these things. In your son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen. It's not easy sometimes uh, being what God has called you to be. And I had a couple different messages laid upon my heart this morning. And uh, he kind of took me down a path just a little bit ago that needed to be heard by somebody here. Because somebody here is struggling with depression this morning. Somebody here this morning doesn't feel worthy of a calling. So I give you God's word that he says that you are worthy to step in his calling for your life.
you are enough. And if you don't think that you have the knowledge to step into a calling that he's calling to, I can promise you he will supply you with what you need. He will supply you with the strength. He will supply you with the knowledge and the wisdom and the compassion. Brother Bruce always said, I don't have the heart to be a pastor. But he has done awesome things out there at Pontiac and he visits people that are not even in his church and he cares about people and he will love on people. I told him here a while back, I said, you can't tell me that you don't have a pastor's heart. You have a heart for God and that gives you a pastor's heart. God has a love for his children. And he tells us to become a child. I'm going to back up. I'm going to share a little story. Talking about God will supply you with knowledge and wisdom. It's a humbling experience. Friday night, we gathered down at the family center. And we played games for a while, and then we broke out the children's Bible trivia. Okay? You can laugh at that all you want to. There's some truly hard questions in there. I don't want any judgment. But if you want a truly humbling experience, you sit around the table with eight or ten adults playing children's Bible trivia, and you ask a question, and you look around, and nobody knows. I am... Thoroughly convinced that that was advanced children's Bible trivia. Uh, some of those things I had never even heard of. And it's like, wow. Some pronunciations were funny. And um, we learned some stuff about each other. How you can think about one thing and spell a completely different thing. Uh, not going to mention any names. Uh it's a great time in fellowship, though, and we, we had a very blessed time, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 10. Sorry, that's 18. I swear I'm okay to drive. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 1. One of the biggest things that we deal with in today's society is comparison. We compare things. We compare paychecks. We compare status. We compare job titles. We compare houses. We compare relationships. We compare, we compare, we compare. And the great thing about social media and Facebook is you will never live up to the comparison. Um, I have filtered my Facebook down to include more inspirational than negative things. But a person could get down really fast looking at the highlights of another person's life because that's what you see on social media. You see the highlights of another person's life. And in comparison, you're like, well, my family never goes on trips or my family is never that close or I can't get my kids to behave for two seconds and here they are taking these beautiful family pictures and look at this. But I can assure you, if you have little kids, 
behind every great family photo was 30 minutes of kicking and screaming and crying to get there. There's no way it happens any other way. So we have to look at what is worth being looked at. And God is worth being looked at. Jesus' walk here on earth is worth being looked at. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot to worth being looked at. Because God is our Father, and Jesus is our Savior, and His walk was perfect, and He was the only one. He was the only one that had a perfect walk. Everybody else fell short in some way or another. So when we talk about comparison, I'm starting in Matthew 18, verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus' followers, he had spent time with these guys. They ended up spending three years with all of his disciples in person. They walked with him, with him 24-7, day and night, learning, following, studying. And still they come at him with this question. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They got to know. Am I going to be better than the person standing next to me? Who is the greatest? I want to know. Comparison can be a deadly thing. It can be a devastating thing. There's nothing good that comes out of comparing unless you're comparing prices. And then you can win. But when you're going by status, when you're going by studying, when you're going by seeking, you can't look at somebody else and say, I'm doing better than them. Because guess what? It doesn't matter. You can't look at somebody that goes to church and is there every Sunday and pick out every fault of their life and say, I must be going to heaven because I'm living better than them. Because it doesn't matter. The only way that you're getting to heaven is through the Son. It says it in His Word, I believe it's true. One way, that's through the Son. So comparing to anybody else besides the Son doesn't matter. Because everybody is at a different walk in their life. They're at a different walk in their prayer life. They're at a different walk in their biblical knowledge. Friday night was fun, and it showed me I got some learning to do. And I need to be in here more. But I'm not comparing myself to other people's biblical knowledge because guess what? God could have showed them something in one of their walks that I haven't been through yet. So it doesn't matter. I didn't pick up on that point because I haven't been there. I'll give you a for instance. God gave me a word for Horseshoe Bend one Sunday. And he gave it to me early in the week. It was like Monday, Tuesday. And I fretted over it. And I prayed over it because it didn't make any sense to me. I had no understanding of what he had gave me. But I knew that he had given me a word. So that's what I was going to preach. But I was confused because I didn't understand it. 
And I felt like it was all over the place. And if I can't make any sense of it, who can make any sense of it? Because I'm the one that's been studying it for a week. And these people are going to be blindsided by it. So how are they going to make any sense of what I'm saying when I don't even understand what I'm saying? He gave me a word. And on the way to church that morning, I woke up and I didn't feel so great. And I didn't want to go because I was worried about the word that God had gave me. And I didn't want to do something that he didn't want me to do. In my heart, I knew that he had gave it to me. But as a man, I felt weak and I felt subjected that I was going to mess it up because I didn't know what he was trying to say. But I gathered strength in prayer. And we went, and we got just before Salem, and Tate threw up on himself in the back of the car. And I thought, that's it, I'm not going, we're done. I told Misty, throw, let's throw the towel in, we've battled all morning, we left late, Tate's got throw up on him, let's just throw in the towel, I'll call him and tell him we're not going to be there. Misty's like, no. There's a Dollar General up here in Salem. We'll stop. We'll buy new clothes. We'll give a quick bath in the car, and we're going. I'm like, ah, got one chance to get out of this, and we're going to blow it. <laughs> so we went to Dollar General. We changed clothes. We gave him a spit bath, and away we went. And it was just one thing after another. And we got there, and it was late. And they were doing music and everything like that. But the whole time that I got up there and I was praying during music service and I was praying for God to show me what he had for me and what he had for the church because God I really understand this and guess what everything started lining up because it was about perseverance and it was about trial and it was about pushing through when you don't feel like it I didn't understand it because I hadn't been there yet but he gave me the message because he knew I was going to go through it before I got there the power of God is unbelievable. Sometimes he asks you to step out and it makes no sense at the time. But then you can be looking back and you can be like, that's why. I've been sitting in my house praying and for no reason at all, a light bulb comes on over my head and I'm like, oh. But I'm an honest believer that if he let me know what was going to take place, that I would try to step out in front and that I would try to take control. And then how could it be of God? So he keeps me in the dark so that I stay pliable and that I stay subjective to lessons and things that he would do that would show other people what he's doing, not what I would do, because what I do doesn't matter. You guys didn't come here this morning because of what I would do. You came here because you're seeking God. And that's why it's important. And that's why I was worried about going to Horseshoe Bend that day. Because I didn't even know what he was saying. But we can't compare a 30-year minister to a minister that had been there for 30 days. Just like that, he calls the elder to church to be more responsible for the younger generation because they've been there. They've experienced. Their faith has been tried. The younger brings excitement and they bring joy and it excites the older. The youth song got me going. 
I'm so glad we put in place a youth song that has energy and that can get different people going because everybody is at a different walk and that's why we need different dynamics to the church. That's why we need different people to play on different strengths that they have. That makes a body whole. But it takes every person stepping into the will of God in their life, not their husband's life, not their son's life, not their father's life, but the will of God on their life. That makes it possible. So Natalie, you can't look at Nathan and go, why are you not here with me? Nathan, you can't look at her and be like, how did you not know that? Because you guys are at different walks in your life and you've both experienced different things. And us as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we've got to stop comparing to one another. Nobody can ride my coattails up to heaven. You've got to do it on your own. Your walk gets better when you pray for it yourself. Yes, I believe in the power of unity in prayer, but it starts with you. You have to want it. You have to be looking for it. The comparison has got to stop amongst Christians. That's where we have feudings. That's where we have battles. What do you mean you didn't know? Don't shame them for it. Start a Bible study. Help them understand it. Spend time building instead of tearing. We were talking about that in Sunday school this morning, about being in a community. If only we could spend our time building people up. Guess what? We can Spend our time building people up instead of tearing people down. Stop imploring and getting on people for not knowing what they don't know. What do you mean you don't know who Jesus Christ is? Where have you been? Have you lived under a rock? That's not going to help. <laughs> like, hey, I do know Jesus. Maybe we could get together sometime. Or you got time right now. Let's talk about it. I would love to tell you who my Savior is and what he's done for me and why I've been redeemed. And I'm now worthy. And I can seek after righteousness because God has called me by name and I am the book and I'm going to live forever. I want to tell you about it when you got time sometime. Well, you kind of just did. Well, let's talk more. They don't know who he is. You can't be mad at them for it because they don't know. The comparisons to one another have got to stop because they're meaningless. They're pointless. They don't improve anybody. Be the best person that you can be. I can't be the best Christian that my wife can be. She can't be the best child of God that I can be. God has called her to things like God has called me to things and like God calls you guys to things. Everybody that is a child of God has been called to something. So if you think that you have no meaning on your life and that you don't have a responsibility in the kingdom of God, I would implore you to seek out God and see what he has to say about it. Don't go on my word. Build a relationship. Seek his will on your life. 
And then once you understand what you're supposed to do and that light bulb comes on, pray that you can stay out of the way long enough where God can work. Amen? I have that problem. I want to get in front, and I want to lead, and I want to step out of line. And I can assure you that that does not work, and I'll give you a little for instance. I was at the nursing home for the first time. Brother Bruce was uh, preaching a revival, and he asked me if I would do nursing home. And I said, yeah, that'd be great, okay. Uh, I had only substitute preached once or twice, so I was really new at it still, and I still got incredibly nervous. And I said, man, kind of what's it all, you know, give me the rundown. I want to know what it's all about. And he was like, well, basically they like the singing way more than they're going to like you. So keep it short and sweet and let's sing. I was like, man, that is fantastic. You get to do God's work, but you get to kind of be out of the spotlight for a little bit. This is perfect. And so I come up with a little message, and it was short. It was way short. And they played some music, and I'm standing there, and I kind of went through it, and I was at the end of it, and I don't even know how long I'd been up there because I don't really pay attention to clocks, but <laughs> it was funny. I was like, this isn't long enough. I haven't been up here long enough. I just need to kind of ad-lib it, and we'll, we'll keep going. And God shut my mouth. I couldn't talk. I was mumbling. I was stuttering. And I just looked up from my Bible and I said, I guess God's done using me. And everybody's kind of like, what just happened? <laughs> but it was a, a true learning lesson for me. God says, do what I've called you to do and that will be perfect. It will be no more or no less than what I need from you when you're doing what I need you to do. It's like he says in his word, don't add to or take away from because my word is sufficient. He is an all-sufficient God. And so when he has you to do a work, listen to what he says for you to do and don't come up short and don't go long because what he's told you to do is sufficient in that moment. It's where we have to get in a relationship with God and we have to know and it was fairly evident to me and everybody else in that room is one of the more embarrassing moments of my life that God was done with me and he was saying quit just quit you're going to kill your stuff right now you just quit comparison hurts comparison will make the dark seem darker and comparison will make the light seem not as light. I've been in management for several years now at different places and, and traveling on the road. And the one thing that no boss ever wants employees to compare is pay. That's the one thing. Don't talk about it. No, don't talk about it. Because guess what? When you start comparing pay, people get mad. They feel like they're underpaid for what they're doing. And they're not so, well, I'll just say, in, in a past job where I was managing, I had just gave all my employees a raise. Woohoo! everybody's happy, right? I'm the best person in the world. Everybody got a raise. The next week, a girl found out that another girl was making more than she was. 
guess what that did to that happiness of that pay raise? Because guess what? She no longer was happy with what she was making. She was only going to be happy if she was making what another girl was making. She lost sight of what she had and started focusing on what somebody else had. That's what we do. That's what we've got to get rid of. Stop focusing on what everybody else has and focus on what you have. And if you are a child of the king, you've got a father that will never go away. You've got a father that will never forsake you. You've got a father that will always love you. You've got a mansion that he is currently building in heaven so that you get to spend eternity with him. Is that enough? Amen, right? That's enough. Look to the person next to you and say, my God is enough. Look the other way. Say, my God is enough. Because my God is enough. What he gives me is enough. What he gives is enough. Stop comparing what else somebody has. And realize that what you've got is sufficient. And that's what what God wants you to have. And that your God is never going to leave you. And your God is never going to put you in a spot that he won't be with you. Why would a father forsake his own child? He wouldn't. He promises it. I told Misty, and we prayed about it a lot, Whenever we were blessed with the opportunity to build a new house, our prayer was, God has given us this house. I pray that we can use it to glorify the kingdom of God because we know at any minute it can go in a flash. So while we have it, we want to use it to bless other people and we want to use it to glorify what God has done in our lives, not in a boasting way, but lifting God up higher than we could ever lift ourselves. Because guess what? If you're walking a life according to God, you don't have to lift yourself up. He will lift you up. Stay focused on the task at hand, looking up, not looking out. Because the more time we spend looking up, the better off we're going to be. Because he tells us everything in this world is temporal. He tells us that nothing in this world matters besides people's lives. And if God is calling you to do something, I don't care that nobody else has done it. Step out. Be the first. We talked about it this morning, how there always has to be that one before there will be another. And how easy it is to step out in a group setting versus a solo act. If you can step out in a group, that's great. But God is not going to call groups all the time. Sometimes you're going to have to step up and you're going to have to step out when there's nobody else out there. And I'm not saying that that task is easy. But whenever you're looking up, 
instead of out, it won't matter because I could promise you whenever I was thinking about becoming a pastor here, whenever I was praying to God about it, I told Misty, I said, I'm going to call a select few people that I won't pray for me because I know that they won't give me their biased opinion, that they will pray an intercessory prayer for our family to which church we should go and they won't give me their opinion because they know that's not what I'm calling for because I don't want their opinion. I want God's opinion. So whenever you have a problem in your life or you have a decision to make, stop reading books besides the word of God and stop asking your friends, but pray first and pray steadfast and pray for answers because God will give them to you. I know it's a tough spot and it's human nature to ask help from people. And I'm not saying that that's a terribly bad thing, but you better know where they stand with God and you better know where you stand with God. And I can assure you that the first place you better go when you're seeking answers is up above and not out. Because I don't know what God has for you. You know what God has for you. See God above all things. Because he's the creator. He made you. He knows you better than you know you. Stop comparing. Get aligned with God and let's go. We're going to open up the altar this morning. And it's just like a car. Sometimes we need a realignment. Sometimes we get stagnant. Sometimes we wake up in the morning and just don't want to. But I can assure you, long as you're facing towards God and you're looking up and you're seeking his guidance and his inspiration and he's telling you to go, you strap on your boots and you tie them tight and you go. Because you probably got some stuff to wade through to get there. And don't look and see what everybody else is doing. Do what God has for you to do. It doesn't matter if you're the first or you're the last. Do what God would have for you. We're going to open up the altars. I pray that you get in line with God first. That we stop seeking the world. We see what God did with the Israelites and what happened to them when they started seeking earthly things. So I, I talked to you this morning and I pray for you this morning. And I'll pray for you tomorrow that you would start seeking God in full heart. That you would start seeking God with full energy and passion. And stop looking around at the world and what it might have to offer you. Because at some juncture, it's going to go away. Everything you have, everything that you love here on earth is going to go away. There's one thing that's not going to go away. Our Father in heaven is not going to go away. That's the goal. That's where you should set your sights. Because the rest of the world doesn't know where you're at. And 90% of them don't care. There's a select 
group of people that will actually give their life for you, that will lay down on the line everything that they have, that you might have another chance. But I can tell you, when you start talking about that, your pool of people starts getting really small. Start seeking God above this world. And you'll find what joy is. And you'll find what peace is. And you'll be able to stay there no matter what's going on. Because you've given no account to what's happening in the world. You've given all account to God. And that ship won't sail on you. Search your heart this morning. Seek God's guidance this morning. That we would allow Him to lead, that we would only follow. The altar is open.